Welcome to the On It Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Kingsbury, and we're joined by a very special guest, Kevin Ross, the Soul Assassin. Kevin's been a longtime Muay Thai specialist and fighter. He's the Bellator world champion in kickboxing and just a bad, bad dude. You know, we, we had a great time. He's an On It sponsored athlete, so we had him in town. Jumped on the podcast. I really, you know, I'd met him only briefly once before at a wedding and uh, had been a fan of his for a long time as a fighter. Didn't really know what I was going to get from him on the podcast, but I, I, I was unexpectedly blown away. Um, this guy's been through a lot. He has an excellent head on his shoulders, an outlook on life, and I think you're going to get a lot from this podcast. Check it out. Welcome to the On It Podcast. I'm joined by Kevin Ross. What's up, man? Hell yeah. It's good to have you out here in Austin. Yeah, man. It's good to be here. Well, fuck, dude. We just watched a very, very inspirational, badass video. Uh, OSU. OS. OS. See you rocking the hat right now. Oh, yeah. We're going to link to it in the show notes. Uh-huh. But, um, yeah, let's ask some questions about that. Okay. How'd you get linked in with uh, the guy that made it? Because you wrote the whole thing, Johnny, right? Johnny. Johnny Riley. Yeah. Um I actually had been following his work uh, for a couple of years. Um, always loved all the inspirational videos and stuff that he did and uh, got introduced to him through a mutual friend. Um, this guy back east, uh, Steve Rosillo, he was actually uh, the first seminar I ever did was at his gym. And they knew each other. I don't really remember how they knew each other, but he was trying to uh, put us both in contact with each other and Apparently, uh, I'm a really kind of laid back guy, and like Johnny was talking to him, he's like, "Yeah, I'd love to have him come over here to Holland and do this movie." And you know, for me, even like when stuff's real, when it's not, I'm just like, "Yeah, whatever, I'm down to do it." And, and like, so this being a back and forth, he thought I was just messing around and wasn't very serious about the whole thing. But that, that's just kind of the way I am until something's like actually going down. You know, I mean, how many people do you have like say they want to do something and, and nothing ever comes of it? So yeah, trying to get in the fight game. Yeah, of course. So <laughs> I, I don't get too excited about it. Like, yeah, if it works out, that'd be cool. But eventually he like put us into contact with each other. And uh, we did a, a Skype call one day and like, uh, he's like, yeah, you come over here to uh, Holland. We, we want to, shoot this video he'd been uh reading some of my writings and stuff he's like it'd be cool to do a uh um, a little mini movie um off of one of your pieces and he kind of asked me if i had any that i liked a lot and stuff and most of the stuff I, i've written is pretty long and drawn out and then this one piece i did it's, it's the only piece i've ever done like that it, it kind of comes across like a poem and it was kind of about my life and about um my getting starting fighting and facing all my fears and stuff and it just it just worked perfectly and he wrote this uh um screenplay for it and uh sent it over to me and i was just like wow like and it was still kind of like i you know you don't know if that was ever really gonna happen um but it just kept going and kept going and i flew over there um i think right after my second bellator fight which was uh two years ago i believe uh, a year and a half ago and uh yeah, I was over there for just like three days. We filmed it in uh, Holland, and uh, uh, we were fortunate to have uh, Andy Sauer come in and hold pads for me in the video, which is cool. I've known Andy for a while, and they've known each other too. So we've kind of always been around uh, the fight game, you know, and had connections throughout that. And uh, yeah, it just turned out really amazing. I was really blown away by it. Yeah, I was. I'm still blown away by it. <laughs> I I'm it glad up. you liked it, man. Both of us had. Uh, it's 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 always nice weird well. for me, like like seeing stuff like that, because like it inspires me too, and like I wrote it, you know, and that's my words, and that's me in the video, and it, it's it's always a uh, it's a surreal thing for me to see that because I still view it from an outsider's perspective. I think mm, you know, yeah. so so it, it, I feel it just as much as I think other people do, maybe even more so because it it is about me. Yeah, obviously there's a, some deeper meaning for you as yeah, well. Yeah, of course, of course. Well, let's fucking, let's unpack that video. Okay. There's a lot of <laughs> fairly deep stuff you talk about yeah. in the video. So, you know, a lot of times when I have fighters on, um, it's not just about the next fight or the title shot or that kind of shit. You know, I try to dive into mindset and yeah. some of the shit that, that people have struggled with because not everyone listening to this podcast is a fighter. Of course. But everyone deals with some shit in life, Without right? Doubt. So, yeah. you know... But what was what was it like growing up? You know, when did you start fucking <laughs> uh, getting into some shit? It was rough, man. Um, I moved to uh, Vegas when I was thirteen, and uh, it was kind of all downhill from there. 
you know, Vegas isn't exactly the best place to grow up if you're inclined to that kind of lifestyle. You know, it's too uh, readily available. Uh, no, no matter where you go, it's in your face. And whether you um, want it or not, it, it, it's right there for you. So, uh, you know, I started drinking at a very early age. I mean, I was probably like 10 years old when I first had a drink. and But, uh, you know, it, it got worse throughout the years. And then, you know, moving to Vegas and uh everything there you know with it with it being so so uh rampant and then that lifestyle it just uh i really got sucked into that um drinking and partying and every day and screwing around and, and really just wasting my life away you know and uh you know over the years a lot of a lot of bad stuff happened you know i, I lost some friends and uh almost lost myself more times than i could count you know the, the fact that i'm still breathing is, is pretty uh surreal to me um I, I never thought i'd make it past 20 and i i literally almost died right before new year's going into uh the year 2000 which was a huge wake-up call for me and um through a series of, of pretty bad things like that um you know one of my my friends almost killed somebody drunk driving and uh another friend put himself through a windshield and a lot of things like all, all this happened all these really bad things happened in this like month span of time and uh, years before that, back in 98, um, one of my best friends passed away. He, he was born with a, a defective heart mm -hmm. condition and, uh, you know, struggled with that his whole life and, and eventually passed away from it. And he was actually the only person I ever told about this dream I had about being a fighter. You know, I never, uh, I never wanted to express it to anybody. You know, I didn't, uh, I didn't know how serious I even was, you know, so I, I wasn't very confident in telling other people about this crazy dream. If you knew me back then, you'd be like, well, what are you talking about? Are you going to fight? And uh, yeah, I, one day we were just hanging out and I told him about it, expecting him to laugh at me. And, you know, he was like, why, why don't you do it? You know, why don't you go after him? I'm like, well, you know, like I feel like I'm old, you know, and like, I mean, I was only 18 at the time, but it's still, you know, for, for a lot of fighters, that's, that's old to get started. To start. Yeah. yeah. You know, a lot of, a lot of people start when they're, when they're kids or at least kind of get introduced to it, you know, and I'd never done anything I'm like, well, I'm kind of old, you know, I'm a little, I know if I'm going to do this, I'm going to have to quit partying and. You know, I was worried about losing all my friends. You know, I, I would have to completely change my lifestyle. I, I've always been someone that, that I'm all in or all out, and that, that applies to bad things too, you know. So I knew <laughs> <laughs> I knew uh, if I was going to do it, I'd have to cut my, my, all these uh, things out of my life, all the drinking, all the partying, all the hanging out, and um, I wasn't ready to give all that up, you know. And then, uh, you know, he passed away, which was, was at first – the first thought was, all right, I'm going to go live for him. But it was just too much for me to handle. And it just, it just made, made things even worse. And I was drinking just way more and it just became uh, completely like, like I literally had to drink every day just to function properly. And like, I, this is at 18 years old, you know, I was completely dependent on alcohol. And, uh, you know, like I said, over the years, things got worse. And then that, that series of things happened throughout that month. And, I just had like this this awakening one day that I realized I'm like if my friend was still alive he would like beat the shit out of me like what are you doing like you're pissing your life away I didn't even get to live you have every opportunity in the world you're just too afraid to go after it because you're a coward you know and it just like it like smacked me in the face one day and uh I uh I was actually talking to my father about this uh, at the time and he he's like I don't why don't you do it and, and you know I gave him all the reasons you know and uh, one minor reason I had well maybe maybe major one was was I didn't, I couldn't afford it you know and I was like I don't yeah. have my for it. he's like he's like well I can't help you with all the other fears you have but if you commit to giving up drinking I will happily pay for all your training everything you need um and we'll do it like that. And uh, I was drinking a 40 at the time. <laughs> I was like, cool. <laughs> I was like, cool. You know, uh, I'll start tomorrow. And he's like, well, why don't you start right now? And I poured out the drink that was in my hand. And then two days later, I was in the gym. And that the rest is history. Fuck yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah. That's awesome. Thank you. Well, let's fill in that history. Yeah, there's, so, there, there's been so, a lot. It's like 15 years of history. So 18, there. right? 18, you make the decision? No. So um, I actually learned about Muay Thai when I was 14. You know, um, I always loved boxing coming up in martial arts movies. And I thought about doing boxing, and, and I thought I could be really good at it. But 
there was just something about martial arts that I loved. Like, I want to kick people too, you know, yeah, elbow okay. people. He's elbows, <laughs> all the good shit. And uh, at that time, you know, I just never really saw, I was never exposed to any real martial arts fighting, just point point stuff and, you mm-hmm. know, things like that, competitions. And I was like, ah, I could do that, but I want to fight, you know. I want to do what, like, I see boxers doing, like leaving it all in the ring and, you know, that that kind of, like, real intense, beautiful thing. And uh, one random night, I was watching ESPN, and I, I saw a Muay Thai fight. I was like, oh, dude, like, that is it. If I ever do it, that's it, you know. Um, but, yeah, I didn't uh, step foot into a gym until I was uh, 23. So the seed was planted. Yes. You knew early. what you wanted to do, right? But I put it way, like, like I, as I said, I, I was too afraid to do it, so I just kept burying it, burying it, drinking, <laughs> burying it, and it would, like, pop up every now and again i'd see a fight and it would like just shoot to the surface and i'd be like oh my god and it was like each time i had to like try that much harder to bury it again you know because i just wasn't ready or willing to risk failing at it you know i mean i i think that's what really stops all of us from going after things is if we fail or if we're not good enough or you know if we can't do it the way we want to do it you know and it's such a it's it's such a minor thing, but it's it's the major thing that keeps people from going after things: the fear of failure. Yeah, fear of failure, and if you can get past that, you can really do anything. Yeah, there's fucking thousands of stories and analogies that fall right in line with that frame of thinking. Of like, course, you'll never, you know, you might strike out, but you'll never know if you don't swing <laughs> the bat. You know, yeah. like it goes into fucking yeah. every sport and every analogy. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a huge obstacle to yeah. tackle. It's the thing is, is it's like such an easy thing to say. Like, oh, just just get up and swing. And, you know, even if you miss, at least you're at the bat. But it's a lot different when it's you and you have to be the one to go out there and you have to be the one to put yourself on the line. You have to be the one to fail, you know, particularly like in fighting where it's just you out there. Mm -hmm. Like you are in the spotlight. Everything you do or don't do is on you. It's not on your team. It's not on your sparring partners. It's not on all the work you did or didn't do. It's what happens in that ring in front of all these people, like, it's very, it really exposes every good and bad side of you. I, I think that's the greatest part about fighting, but it's also probably one of the more scary things is you have to just be completely exposed to everybody. Yeah, it is the ultimate fucking test. There is yeah. no sport like it. You've got mental, physical, emotional, mm-hmm. breath work, all of it ties into how you perform, right? And yeah. then showing yeah. up, you know, how you periodization and fucking the tour de france is one thing but <laughs> you show up to a fight with a broken rib or something like that that changes yeah all without a doubt I, I actually uh <clears throat> i read this study they did and it was about why professional fighters have like i think like one of the higher rates of like depression and it boiled down to the fact that our livelihood is literally uh, gauged on like less than one percent of our actual work like other people, it's like, okay, you have a game this week, you have a game next week, you know, or us is like, you do two months of work and you get to show 15 minutes in the ring and everything is, is, is gauged on how that performance went. You can't have a bad day. You can't have an off day. You, you can't make a mistake because you will be, um, everything you do, you are viewed engaged on whether you, you, you advance or, or whether you drop back down is all on that very limited frame of time you have. And it's like, it's tough to deal with. You know, it's, you, there's so much riding on such a minute little speck of time. It's ridiculous. I mean, nobody, nobody see, hardly ever sees 99% of what we actually go through. You know, we're not, we're not, we're not judged on that. We're judged on this, these few minutes. And it's like, that's a lot, man. That's a lot to deal with. Yeah. It's tough, man. Like, and, and, I think most people don't even realize that. I, th- I think that's what's kind of motivates me to be a lot more vocal about like the things I go through, the things I do, the, the ups and downs, because so many things, particularly fighting, um, are just viewed at as like the highlights of, of what we do. You know, uh, I mean, take a highlight video for example. It's like all the like really great things you do. That's why my first highlight video ever got done. I wanted to show all of my failures as well. I showed the good stuff too, but I want <laughs> I wanted to show both sides. Like like it's not just me going out there saying, "Look how good I am. Look how great I am." Like like put me up on a pedestal. Like I fall, I fail, I get knocked out, I get hurt, 
as well as I, this is all the stuff I had to do to get back up to the top. After I got knocked down, I had to get back in the gym. I had to put all those fears behind me, you know, and I had to face them again, you know, and, and I had to overcome them. And that's really what makes you a, a great fighter and a, a strong person is, is dealing with failure and dealing with your shortcomings and then moving past that and growing and getting stronger. Hell yeah, brother. Very well put. Thank you. So fuck yeah, dude. I'm getting you're getting my fucking fighting juices flowing oh, right now, man. All right, all right. <laughs> Seriously. Just don't I, take I them it. out on me. I dig it. Uh, I'm fragile. So 23, did you when did you first go out to Thailand? Like how'd you you started training out in Vegas? Yeah. And your buddies with uh, Anthony and Jokawani. Yeah. Right? Yeah, 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 that's my dude, man. Yeah. We met each other on a tour for the troops. Out Anthony in and uh Chidi both used to beat me up and I was like, I don't know what I was thinking, sparring with them because they're so huge. <laughs> and fast. <laughs> and fast just and just big. ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah we, we used yeah. to yeah, we used to uh, work <laughs> together in Vegas. We didn't train at the same gym, but we but we did some uh cross training. Like, yeah, so I've known both of them for geez, over ten years probably. Um yeah, so I started in 2003, and the first time I went to Thailand was in 2007. Okay. Yeah. So you had you had some some decent skill sets before you went out there. Yeah, yeah, but that was just a uh, a whole new world. It's like the more most things are like this, the more you learn, the more you realize you don't know nothing. <laughs> you know, like you have this very skewed perception of of, of where like the top is and then where your abilities are until you realize you're just a little guppy in a giant ocean <laughs> and there's just no hope and either you let that uh discourage you or, or encourage you which, which is what it did for me i'm like I, that made me really realize i'm so far behind particularly since i started so late it just gave me that much more motivation i'm like no matter i have to do everything to perfection and as hard as i can as much as i can i have to fight everyone that i can in order to even be able to come close to competing with these guys, you know, that's the only way I'm ever going to be able to do it. And, and, you know, that's why I kind of came up the way I did. Plus that was just like the mentality of, of the, the gym I was at and the, the, the time uh, I was fighting was you just, you fight everybody anytime, anywhere, any weight, any style, like just go out there and fight, man. It's, it's that Thai approach. Like, you know, no matter what, as long as you take it the right way, it's going to make you better. You know, as long as you're not getting like, you know, crippled in the process, <laughs> you know, you can always take these things to, uh, to, to make yourself better. And, uh, it's tough for me cause I can't, I could never tell somebody else that's what they should do. I'm like, you have to be the, you have to be the one that's going to go out there and, and maybe get killed. It, it, it's a possibility and you have to take this very seriously. Cause if you don't like your worst nightmares are going to happen and you're going to live your life in regret if you live at all because you, you didn't take it seriously. You know? And a lot of people don't, and, uh, and they get hurt. Um, but I was willing to do whatever I needed to do to get where I needed to do, even if that meant not surviving. Because to me, this has always been extra credit. You know, As I said, I didn't think I was going to make it past 20. So even if I have to go in the ring and die, I'm st I didn't think I was going to be here anyway. And I think that's what allowed me to push past where most people stop. And, and that, I think that's how I've won so many fights that I shouldn't have won because I was willing to go farther than anybody else was. I, and I always knew that. I'm like, no matter how good you are, no matter how much experience you have, there is no way you want this more than me and there's no way you're willing to give up as much as I am to get to that point. And I think that comes across in, in, in the way you carry yourself, and um, it breaks a lot of people. Yeah, that inner fire will yeah. outdo technique yeah. fucking nine times out of ten. And that's how I got my nickname. You know, it just, uh, the way I fought, it just sucked the life out of people because they, it was like they realized they couldn't do anything to slow me down, and I was going to keep coming no matter what they did, no matter how good they were, no matter how many things they hit me with, they were going to have to kill me to get me to stop. And they had to risk dying themselves in order to get there, and they weren't really to do that. And I was, you know, again, that's not the safest or smartest way to fight. But what's safe or smart about fighting? Nothing. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. Not, not, nothing. Not, 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 not so, the best else. thing for the brain. Nah, man. Like, well, what are you trying? Like, you know, the, a lot of times people get kind of caught up on trying to make fighting safer, but fighting's not safe no matter how safe you try to make it. I mean, how many people have been killed in like amateur boxing? It, yeah. it happens. It's rare, but but. A lot of times these like safety things they do actually make it more dangerous 
you know, yeah. which happens quite often. Yeah, you hit a lot more with headgear on. And then, like, it might look safer, but it's not safer at all. And, it, um, you know, that's kind of the downside. One of the huge downsides in fighting is, like, so many people that have control <clears throat> over this have no idea what they're talking about. They've never done this before. If they did, they would know better, but they don't. They're viewing it from the outside, and from the outsider's perspective, yeah, that might look safer, but it, it's just not. It, oh, it's it, like the 12 to 6 elbow rule in MMA. Of course. You know? There's there's fucking no reason for that. What crazy person know, came up with that? Nonsense. <laughs> Somebody watching ESPN in the middle of the night, ESPN like, 2 at like uh, 3 a.m. for the brick like, breaking. I'm like, yeah, I guess if they were sitting there on a table and you had all day to like line this elbow up, yeah. maybe that might happen. Three but. minutes of breath work, <laughs> a weight belt strapped around her waist. Oh, but yeah, God. so I mean, let's let's talk about safety because here's something that I got and, and, you know, being a little bit older now and having, you know, even though you started late, you've definitely got some mileage, right? One thing Lots. that I've noticed from a lot of guys that make it to your level is that they start to realize that they don't have to fucking kill themselves in the gym and sparring anymore, mm -hmm. especially if you're consistent with your fights. And that's the first thing I noticed when I went to Phuket to train at Tiger Muay Thai was all these Thai fighters were fighting frequently but they never sparred incredibly hard. You know, there was a lot of work, a lot of yep. seeing stuff coming at you, but it was a lot of flow and movement and still, you know, still drilling dudes in the legs and stuff like that. But yeah, they were taking it easy on each other's heads. Yeah. And that stuck out to me. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, it, it's a tough thing to find out what the best way is because like one in the beginning, you just got to do the work and you got to learn how to take an ass whooping and how to give an ass whooping and how not to flinch and, and all these things. And yeah, just mindlessly beating your brains in isn't the smartest thing, but but at the same time, you just, it's like in the beginning, it's just about quantity. And the longer you do this, it becomes more about quality than, than, than quantity. And you can find the ways to make those adjustments. And then when it comes to like Thailand and stuff, you got to realize they're fighting all the time. So their hard sparring is fighting. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like Like if you're fighting every month, if you're fighting every couple of weeks, you cannot risk getting injured in the gym. Now, if you're fighting once a year, every six months, you better be out there like taking your lumps or else you're not going to be able to fire correctly when it comes to somebody really trying to hurt you. So there is that balance. There is that like, like it's easy to sit on the outside and say, well, well, the ties do it like this, but there's a reason they do it like that. Mm -hmm. It's not just this cut and dry thing. Oh, you should spar like this or you should spar like this because they do it like that. But if you're fighting frequently, yeah, you don't need to, to uh, go so hard. And if you are have this much experience you don't need to do it at that much but some people just got to do it like that and some people um kind of uh, perform better off of that you know and i could never tell somebody like you should do it like this or that because everybody's different everybody's gonna um take benefit out, out of certain techniques certain styles and and you got to do what works best for you I mean, the you, what you need to do is find the best way to minimize the amount of damage you take so you can, can make your career last as long as you want it to last. Or, unless you don't want it to last long, just beat the crap out of each other every day. I mean, that's what we used to do. Yeah. But that's also like what made me as strong as I was mentally and physically and, and allowed me to uh, have the confidence to go in there and stand toe-to-toe -to -toe with somebody with 300 fights. Be like, I had the crap kicked out of me by 200-pound dudes every single day. You're like, you ain't nothing to me. I don't care how many fights you have. You know, so it's one of those things it's tough to, it's, it's tough to ever tell somebody this is how you should do it because there is no, like, blueprint to this. Everybody's different and everybody's unique in that aspect. So, um Again, that, that's what I said. I would never tell anyone to fight the way I fight, to do the things I've done, to to take fights when you've got broken hands and broken shins and busted faces and cracked skulls and things like that. But but that's what I did, and that's how I got to where I got to. If I didn't do it this way, would I have gotten here? I don't think so, you know. But 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 I wouldn't tell anybody to do that. Yeah, everyone walks their own path. Yeah. I've said it a thousand times about <laughs> diet, but there's no yeah. one size fits all of fight game, right? Yeah, it's I mean, same. whether I, it's diet, it again, whether, but... whether it's fighting, whether it's um, your strength and conditioning, like you have to find what works for you. And that can literally change week to week, you know, like like my diet changes depending on what, what I need out of it. You know, my, my training changes depending on how I'm feeling. And I think that's what, you really learn how to do uh, the longer you do this is make those adjustments and be more flexible 
um, to push when you need to push and to, 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 to kind of take a day off when you need to take a day off. Like this last fight, I didn't cut any weight whatsoever. And I felt like I didn't do as much in the gym, but I also did it smarter. Like I said, I, days I felt good, I was able to push a hundred percent days. I, I needed to take it easy. I took it easy days. I needed to take off. I took off where before I would just go a hundred percent every single day, no matter what, no matter how I felt, no matter where my head was, no matter if I was sick, tired, whatever, I would just push through it all. Uh, and, and the longer I've done this, the more I've found how to be smarter about it and things have gotten a lot easier because of it. You know, the, the older I've gotten, it's, it's easier now because I, I know how to listen to my body, my brain, and, and, and what's working and what's not. Yeah, that's a huge thing for any athlete or anybody that's just in the gym trying to get in shape is listening to your body. Yeah, it's you know? tough though because tough. I, I, I wrote a blog about it's this. It's tough because <laughs> you have a fucking deadline. Right. right, and then there's also the how do you know what is being a baby and how do you know what's an actual <laughs> injury? You know, mm-hmm. th- there's, there's that great line in, uh, I think it was G.I. Jane, he says like, are you injured or are you hurt? There's a big difference between the two and that's like, are you tired or are you like broken? Uh, is training today going to make you worse or is it going to make you stronger because you push through? And who's the person that can say what that is? You know, nobody can, unfortunately. And for me, I've always been on the opposite side. Like I'm going to push through to my own detriment at times, but I'd rather be on the far side than on the, the narrow side, you know, where like, it's very easy to say, oh, I'm just not feeling good. I need the day off, you know. That's, and that's what comes with experiences is, like, you really learn to know the difference between the two. And I don't think you ever really do know. Um, it's just something that kind of comes with, with trial and error, and you realize, um, you know, and you could be wrong too, but, but there's days it's like nothing positive is coming out of today. I'm, I'm going to take the day off. Yeah, that's time in, right? Yeah, that's time in. But like what you said, you know, when you first get started, it's important to get your ass whooped. It's important (laughs) to feel that, and that that's a great barrier to entry for a lot of people that are like, "Oh, I want to fucking do this. I'm going to be a fighter, and I'm going to do it for all the reasons that aren't within themselves, like for other people or for the spotlight or for the money that doesn't exist (laughs) for whatever fucking idea they have in their head about being a professional fighter." And then Uh go in there and get tuned up a couple times. And say maybe maybe this isn't for me, you yeah. Know? But if you go in there and everyone's you know a yes man and uh-huh. you know powdered powdering your ass and wiping for you and doing all that, then you get into a real fight. Yeah, that could be you know a one and done scenario. Of course, so better to figure that out in the gym than to find that out in front of all your friends and family and people watching. Yeah, without a doubt, that's that's kind of uh, an unfortunate thing that happens a lot. Is peop- a lot of people don't really have to face that until later on and you don't want to learn that later on after you've put so much time and like maybe this isn't for you you've been doing this you just given five years to this and, and you don't really want to do it that's why it's like go in there the first day get the shit kicked out of you if you come back the next day yeah this might be for you it's like that really great uh uh hulk hogan story where the dude snapped his shin in half his first day training with the guy come back tomorrow yeah this is what you want to do for the rest of your life because that's going to happen at some point you're going to get injured you're going to be crippled do you want to do this anyway if you do this is for you if you're only going to do this when things go well that's always I, the best thing that ever happened to me is I, I got the crap kicked out of me in my first fight I got stopped I mean I did fight a guy that outweighed me by 20 pounds but still I went in there I had all this confidence I was like this is that this is for me you know this is what I want to do with my life and got the shit kicked out of me got stopped and I had that moment of, do I really want to do this? And what came to my realization was, I want to do this regardless. It doesn't matter if I'm the best in the world or the worst in the world. I love this sport, and I'm going to do it anyway. And I'm going to be the best I can be, whatever that is. I don't know what that is. You don't know what that is. Nobody can actually tell you what that is until you've, you've pushed yourself past those, those things that get in the way, those barriers. And if those barriers are going to stop you, you shouldn't even start. Yeah. It's really good, too, that you had, you know, with the rough upbringing, still support. You know, uh-huh. when you when you put yourself out there and said, this is my dream, yeah. to have somebody say, yeah, do it. Because yeah. a lot of people in situations like that would shit on your dream. I mean, <laughs> I, I had a buddy. I remember I was staying up late. We were like 10 or 11. We were drinking Jolt Cola, pulled an all-nighter out of sleepover. <laughs> 
and uh, you know, under the stars, what do you guys want to do when you grow up? And we went around, and I said I wanted to play in the NFL. Uh-huh. And uh, my buddy burst out laughing. He <laughs> said, "You can't play in the NFL. You're not even going to play college football." And I was like, "Fuck you, man! Uh, How can you yeah. say I'm not even going to play college football? I'm for sure playing college ball." Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, you know, I often have people ask me that, like, "Do I have what it takes? Do I have what it takes?" And I try to express to them, I'm like, if my answer can change whether you do this or not, you don't have what it takes. I shouldn't be able to say anything to you that will keep you from going after this. Yes, it's nice to have support. Yes, it's nice to be at a great gym. Yes, it's nice to not have to work and be able to do this full time. But even if you have all those things and you do it anyway, then this is for you. If you're going to let an obstacle or a limitation or only having one arm or whatever the case may be, keep you from going after this, then yeah, it ain't for you. But because there's a million people who have every excuse that you have and worse and do it anyway so your excuse is just there to to make you feel better about quitting that's all it really is and i think that's what i finally realized and what what got me started was these excuses are just for me to feel better and i'm really just lying to myself you either you're a coward or, or, or you're not either you really want to do this or you really don't and that's okay you don't have to do this but don't pretend like you would if only yeah that's there's no if only that you could possibly say that will make your excuse seem legit. There just isn't one. Then you're fucking Uncle Rico and Napoleon Dynamite <laughs> talking about winning ah. the state championship if coach only would have put him in. Uh, could have gone all state. Yeah. <laughs> throw a football quarter mile. Uh, throw it over that mountain over there. <laughs> yeah, and it, it's it's... It's like excuses are only for you because you don't make yourself seem better to anybody else. It's, yeah, not like everyone in the room nods their head and yeah, they're like, right. oh, yeah, 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 you're right, man. You'd have been fucking, you'd have yeah. beat John Jones. I guess, I guess you know. everyone, uh, nobody else has limitations except for you. you uh-huh. know? And, and again, I, I think that's why for me it's been important to express those things because it's very easy to view maybe a world champion be like ah oh, well you know they just had the right situations they were naturally gifted you know they they started at the right age you know and it's it's so easy to look at someone in the spotlight or look at someone at a high level and assume these things where if you really which is what i love to do is read about people's life stories any anyone that's ever made it anywhere go read about their life and the things they had to do and overcome, like you'd never say that again. Like you can't even imagine the things people have gone through that have made it. You just see the end result of, of all their hard work. You don't see all the times they yeah. wanted to all, give up or did give up. All the shit fell in Tony Robbins' lap. Look <laughs> yeah. at him. He fucking won yeah, the lottery. My money. Like, like <laughs> who, who won the lottery? Like the only people, the only look at what happens to people that win the lottery. It's a horrible thing because they didn't earn it. Mm-hmm. And and it ruins almost every single person's life that wins the lottery. Like, yeah, money's a, gone in a year. There, fucking friends and family. There's all a great documentary on it, and that's that's just the the way things are. If you don't do the work to get what you've gotten, you're never going to keep it. You're never going to be able to hold on to it, and you're certainly not going to be able to keep pushing it past that level. You know, because you didn't earn it. You know, and that's kind of the downside of being naturally gifted and having. Um, you know, uh, things handed to you. You know, if you don't learn that work ethic, um, it's 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 a it's a very hard thing to overcome. You know, it's something I I saw coming up that like so many people that I trained with were were very naturally talented fighters and and just were walking through people, but each time they trained a little less. You know, they didn't take it as seriously, and each time they'd win, it'd get worse and worse and worse. But eventually that level of natural ability and work ethic even out. And once that happens, they're going to pass you up and it's too late to learn (laughs) work ethic (laughs) at that point. It's the most important aspect, I think, in anything is work ethic and that drive to never give up. If you have that, you can literally overcome any limitations you may perceive. And that's a trainable skill. People Without don't think of it that way. They're Without like, oh, man, that guy just knew from day one. Or his dad had him bucking hay bales since he was two. That's why he's so strong and can do all the shit that he does. It's like, no, man. He At every step, people can learn to push themselves past what their perceived limitations are. Right. And then when you hit that once or twice, then you realize there is no fucking limit bar. Yes. Right? I'll take this to a whole different level, and I'll continue to beat my own goals, my own limitations, 
time and time again. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's uh, like a guy like uh, Mayweather. That's what has allowed him to, to stay at the top. It's like it's very easy to say, oh, he's just so naturally good and all these things, but he's still killing himself every day, let alone the mental side of it that it takes to, to, to stay at that level for that long with that many people trying to break you down. Like, like yeah, he puts on a show and does these things, but he's out there busting his ass. Like, you don't see all that. You know, you see, you see the show, which is what he wants you to see. But he's putting in the work way more than you are, you know, but, but you don't think that and don't realize that because all you see is the end result of that work. And that's like with everybody, like you got to put the work in. I don't care who you are. You have to put the work in more than anybody else. Just don't stop. Don't give up. Keep going. Can always be better. You can always do more. There's always more to be done. You do need to find that balance between burning yourself out. But but more times than not, you're just making excuses, not doing too much. Yeah, and it takes a few burnouts to realize right. <laughs> where where that limit is to pull back yeah. on. You know? well, yeah, when should if, I pump the brakes? Just keep going. You'll find out when too much is too much. But but if you think it's too much, it's just probably not. <laughs> like your body eventually will stop functioning correctly. Your your brain stops before your body stops. You know, uh, um, I wrote this thing about how uh, um, we all have a. Uh, uh, well, I said a bitch, but uh, a coward inside of us because because you could uh, say bitch. a bitch. Yeah. We all have a bitch inside of us that we have to um, fight, and, and and the bitch inside of us is is our um, our survival instincts. Everything in us is trying to keep us safe. Okay, that's why when you get tired, you want to quit. Your body is like this eighty percent. You're still okay, but we should stop here because a hundred percent you're gonna die. But but you still got nineteen oh, percent in there before you before you keel over um but you got to realize there's this trigger that's trying to keep you safe and 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 when it comes to uh, fighting or or probably just about anything you have to get to the 20 percent you know And, and so for me i think i realized that very early on so whenever i would feel that okay you're tired you need to ease back i would go harder and once you realize you can go more it just opens the whole world up to you. Like you, you, you like that. That tiredness is just a trigger that I'm about to go to another gear. It's like when you're driving your car; it's going to the red line, but you don't realize you have these other gears you can hit. But you're taking that red line as oh, I should ease off the gas. Just yeah. switch your gear and go to the next one. It's uncomfortable, but once you get through that, man, you got a whole world of gears left to you, and those gears can keep going. Each one, each time you go to the next one, there's one after that, one after that, one after that, one after that. But most of us function like we got three gears here and, and we got unlimited. Yeah, 100%. There is a, there's a big thing that goes into that with, with feeling like everything we do, the brain is protecting us. Yeah. It's, it's all of it. It's how we deal with cold, hot, all that shit. That's why we drive around and, you know, temperature, climate-controlled cars, climate-controlled <laughs> house, all this shit. And there's a lot to that, you know. Um, God, what was the name of the book? Ryan, you got me. It's not ego was the enemy. It's uh, it's the other one. Something is the way. The obstacle is the fucking way. The obstacle uh-huh. is the way. Yeah. Phenomenal book. And yeah. just talks right about that, you know? But yeah, we're, evolution has designed us to survive. Right. Right? So same deal. That's why we, you know, we talked about this with Rob Wolf. You come across a berry patch, the guy that took a couple berries and said, oh, I'll leave the rest. That dude never lasted because uh-huh. when famine happened, he fucking died. The dude that said, I'll eat this whole thing and stored it as fat, that's the guy who passed his genes on to us. That's right. why we want to fucking gorge. We're wired to eat, yeah. right? We're also wired to protect ourselves. We're wired to pump the brakes when shit gets hard yeah. and say, maybe now's a good time <laughs> to relax a bit or maybe I'll tap. Yeah. Maybe I'll just uh, curl into a ball in the corner and let the referee stop it. Yeah. You know, that that's all inherently in there by design but uh-huh. you can that. switch that that's a, that's also something we can manipulate yeah without a doubt um there was a a, a good documentary on um george foreman and he talked about how he realized so many knockouts come because they allow must allow themselves for that to be an option you know and you see it in a lot of fights people get knocked down and then their brain, even if it might not be conscious at the time, that it was in there prior to it. They allowed weakness to get in there, and they allowed themselves to 
not pushed to that uncomfortable place. And then there's people that just will not stay down because they are on that, that 20% level I was talking about where you literally have to kill them to get them to quit, you know, or shut their body completely down. But if the brain's working in, in them, they're going to get up. And he's like, I will never get knocked out again unless I'm dead. And, you know, it's it, I, that's something that really hit home to me. And something I realized is is there is that natural instinct in your brain for safety and and whether you consciously gave up or not there were moments in your life where you allowed that weakness to set in and if you don't push past that you're not going to have that automatic strength that comes from doing that in moments like that when maybe your brain isn't really consciously telling you to quit it's like we know what this is we're going to stop it's whispering gently it's, in yeah, your ear yeah yeah, yeah yeah i mean i've had those moments Throw in fights down. where I got cracked in the back of the head and my equilibrium was all off. And I have this very vivid memory of this fight in Vegas where that was happening. And uh, there was this moment. I remember it's like, it'd be so easy just to go down right now. And nobody would think otherwise. You're getting thumped on. Like, you're getting beat up. It's easy to get beat up and knocked down. And nobody, nobody would have even known that I gave up. I knew, though. And I was like, fuck that. <laughs> you know, I'm like, you're going to have to kill me to get me out of here. And then I went out to knock the dude out. And, and like, it was a very eye-opening experience for me that there is a choice that happens, even if it's not a conscious one. And you have all these moments throughout the day, throughout the week, throughout training, throughout your life, where you have an opportunity to either get stronger or get weaker. And, and it can be something as simple as a, having a cupcake, you know, or you, any moment you have in your life, you have an opportunity to strengthen your resolve or 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 be safer and be weaker and the more opportunities you take to better yourself the more those things will naturally come out when maybe your brain isn't functioning correctly yeah consistency is king and it makes everything fucking easier the longer you stick to the path and continue to work yeah it's you know as you're talking about this i of course think of my fight career and uh my inner bitch came out with with uh (laughs) glover Teixeira. You know, I knew it was his first fight in the UFC. I had trained with Chuck Liddell and John Hackman for a while. I knew exactly who he was. You know, the world didn't know who he was. It was a terrible fight. I'm supposed to win. All the excuses in the world, you know, running through my mind. Yeah. And, um, you know, we get in there, and he just fucking buried a beautiful hook counter right in my temple two times. Mm. Counter, slip, slip, bang, slip, slip, bang. Same spot. And, uh... I never felt that out of place in a fight as I did right then. Mm. Just fucking no wherewithal, off balance, like walking on stilts, trying to hit him. And uh, I shot this sloppy fucking single leg just to try to get close to him. He ends up mounting me and pounding my face. And in that moment, I thought, fuck, man, I'm just going to fucking try to push this guy off me. And if he arm bars me or fucking chokes me out, fuck it, it'll end. Yeah. And of course, dude throws the arm triangle on and chokes me out. (laughs) Right. So there was me failing with the inner bitch. Yeah. But I can at least say, you know, in the the fight that followed, I had my face fractured in two spots Mm. and the inner bitch came back. You know, I I got flash KO'd the second I went down in slow motion. I watched that fight over probably like five or six times. And I go down pretty fucking quick in real life, Like, like super quick. But it was almost like the Matrix, like that kind of slow motion as I was going to the ground. And right then I had the thought. Am I knocked out? Is it over? And then no. Yeah. And that switch went on, and I fucking believed I could win. And the second I hit the mat, remember turning to the guy and saying, get to your fucking feet, kick him away, mm. and kept going. And then the second round, I came out, started taking him down and pounded on him. And then it was stopped, and I lost the fight in between rounds because my yep. face was fully fucking <laughs> fractured. <laughs> right, right. Good stoppage. Good stoppage. But, yeah, I think... You know, if there's one piece I look back on my fight career, it was that moment. Mm-hmm. That moment where I recognized the inner bitch come back and yeah. I said no to it. Yeah. You know, and even though that fight's still an L, that's my favorite fight I've ever had. Yeah, without a doubt. It's like those moments like that. Even even when you do end up losing, like you realize we do have these choices, you know, even though they might appear on the outside to be like not there, we have them in our head and I would never say whether it's right or wrong to take them, but but it's still a choice you have whether you give up or keep going. You know, of course, there's those moments when yeah, your just lights are out and you can't move. But so many times, it's it really is a choice 
you know, whether that's in the gym, whether that's in the ring. And, and I don't think enough people realize that it's not just going to automatically turn on once you get in the ring. If you're giving up and half-assing training, you're not going to go out there and just be at your peak. You know, my old trainer used to say, you have to train at 100% to hopefully be able to fight at 80%. So if you're 80% in your training, what do you think your number is going to be when you get in the ring? You know, if you're, if you're kind of giving up when you're tired, hitting pads, do you, you, you not think you're going to give up when somebody's trying to kill you? It's not going to get easier. It's going to get worse. <laughs> you have to, like, just crush it every day, like, in any kind of hopes to ever be able to make it to any sort of level. Um, you know, and I again, I think that's what allowed me to, to make it to where I got it to. It was just my inability to give up or just refuse to give up to back down and your body language what's in your eyes people see that and yeah. if they don't have that too you're gonna beat them yeah i think a fucking guys like fedor and then my teammate came velasquez and kind of going back to what you're talking about with guys that had it all the talent you know that kind of shit i played football at asu i had you know guys that were fucking superstars and they'd always you know We'd go to do our our last hundred hundred yard sprints at the end of train, you know, end of the mm. practice, and then oh my my calf is cramped, you know, <laughs> they'd, they'd fucking back out. Those guys never amounted to shit in the NFL, of course. You know, and Kane I think took fifth in NCAA's his senior year, and just had a fucking chip on his shoulder his mm-hmm. whole fight career. You know, like yeah. he never never thought of himself as you know all world all talented, and that drive is what makes him one of the best, one of the greatest of all time. You know, but you talk about that look in your eye, like. I fucking get goosebumps when I see him staring across the cage at someone else, uh, you know, uh, just fucking fearlessness and yeah. an unwavering belief in self makes the difference between being a champion and not. Yeah, without a doubt, without a doubt. Um, you know, a perfect example is that was my fight with Sanchai, who's regarded as one of the greatest Muay Thai fighters of all time. Um, you know, he, he had like 300-something fights, and uh, <laughs> I went in there up against him like, no one gave me a shot in the world to even make it out of like the first minute, let alone the fight, you know? And, and I saw all these fights people had with him and, and it was, it was as if they were in there just to like watch his show. You know, they just had the the front row <laughs> to it. These people that would fight him and, and they just gave him so much respect and like arguably so, you know, he's truly amazing. And for me, it was just like, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to push it a hundred percent no matter what happens, I'm going to have no regrets because I'm going to just go nonstop and there's nothing in the world he can do to me to make me stop. And, and you know, I probably had one of the closest fights with him out of anybody ever and had a split decision, lost to him. But to be able to do that and to, to really realize that where where your level is, is just like your skill set is, it's just one piece of the puzzle. Like There's so many aspects to fighting, to life, um, that aren't just about that that singular thing. Like like there's all these pieces of the puzzle that you can still have greater than somebody else that that might appear appear to have more than you if you just have more in a different department. And and, and a lot of times that is just not quitting. It's such a simple thing. Like yeah, just courage, will, all that stuff is Keep something going. that that's controllable. You know, Without it doubt. doesn't necessarily. It can be learned and strengthened over time, but you know, on competition day or when the shit hits the fan in life with stressors and challenges, mm. that's a controllable factor on your side. Yeah. That has very little to do with how much your skill set is at yeah. or any of that I think stuff. that maybe that's, that's what makes it so difficult because we do have a choice to keep going or to quit. And it's so easy to quit. <laughs> it's so <laughs> easy to quit. It's so much easier to quit than to do anything else. So like it's, it's, a, it's amazing that we do anything ever. Um, you know, it, it, not only that, it's so easy to quit and make it look like you still tried really, really hard, you know, and, and I gave him my best. Yeah. <laughs> it's so easy to say that. And like, but people who know, they know what really, and you know, that's mm-hmm. the worst part is you will always know that you gave up. For me, that's always been the hugest thing is I know I have to look myself in the mirror every day for the rest of my life. If I quit now, I'd rather die right now than give up. Because forever I'm going to be a quitter. It doesn't matter what it looked like to anybody else. I know I gave up. I know 
I kind of half-assed it when I didn't need to. I didn't push it as hard as I had to. Like e- even maybe in fights that that I'm that I've won, if I think I kind of held back and kind of babied it, I don't. <laughs> I'm not too happy about that. I'd rather go out there, fight my fight, do what I want to do, push it to to what I feel is pushing it, and I'd I'd rather lose, get knocked out. Because when I, I'm the one that has to look back on my career, I'm the one that has to look myself in the mirror, I'm the one that has to be happy with the things I've done and accomplished. It has nothing to do with, with what, what, what other people's perception of me is. It's what my perception is. Yeah, it's what you live with every day. It's what you look at in the mirror. Yeah, that's that's tough. And you got to <laughs> lay down with that every night in bed, too. <laughs> Get away from me. It's a lot easier to sleep at night <laughs> when you know you've done yeah, everything you possibly doubt. can. Without a doubt. Without a doubt, and again, that is um, the hugest factor that got me past my fear of failure and got me into the gym was I'm the one that knows that I didn't try. You know, anybody else can say they can point to all the excuses I had and like, ah, well, you know, you you probably weren't going to get very far. You were starting too late. You know, you 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 weren't going to do much anyway. So it's probably best you didn't try. But I'm the one that would have had to live with that for the rest of my life and. Uh, I was not willing to do that. Like, like I get why so many people are so depressed and just ruined be because of that, because of giving up. You know. Um, I, yeah, you do what's safe, right? Like, I fuck. I went. I battled a shit ton of depression after college football, not because you know the dream of playing in the NFL was over, but just because I didn't want a fucking desk job. Yeah, I didn't want to settle. For a lot, and, and my apologies for everyone who has a desk job. I too has a desk have a desk job now that on it, so I've come full circle. It's not uh, that bad. Thanks working to for it. the man. Working for uh, the man. Yeah, throwing on the monkey suit, uh, throwing on my Dolphins yoga action here. Uh, but um, yeah, you know, like like looking at that office space life for me was the fucking dread. Like mm-hmm. that was the thing where I was like, I don't. What the fuck is this degree for? What the fuck have I learned here that's worthwhile? What do I want to do with my life that's going to add meaning? Uh-huh. You know, and I didn't want to settle. I didn't want to settle for that. And thankfully, you know, even though it was late in the game as a 24 or 26 year old, uh-huh. uh, at least I had some wrestling and football and things like that and was an athlete. But um, yeah, there's always a fucking option. You always. know, just because you've had a job for 10 years or, you know, this is what my degree is in or any of that shit. I mean, fuck, 90% of the people that graduate college never do what their fucking degree is. Yeah. You know, unless you're an engineer <laughs> or fucking something like that. You know, I mean, it's still, there's mm-hmm. there's other options. So yeah. it's really your choice. Yeah. Um, I think uh, I think it was Jim Carrey's graduation speech. I don't remember. Maybe. He was just talking about how no matter what you do, you risk failure, even if you do the safe thing. So you might as well go after what you love. Because you can do everything right, you can do everything safe, you can do everything the way it's supposed to be done, and you can <laughs> fail just as miserably as you would have if you're going after it. At least if you go after something, you're going after what's in your heart, you're going after what you know. Uh, I'd rather fail at what I love than succeed at what I hate, without a doubt. Hell yeah, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I'm looking at Ryan right now. That's for sure going up online. <laughs> nice. Yeah, uh, I got a chance to meet Jim Carrey at um, at uh, Gabby Reese and Laird Hamilton's spot out in Malibu. Oh yeah, and it was just uh, just a few months ago. The guy is fucking phenomenal. Yeah, like one of the nicest dudes I've ever met. He had he had so much to talk about on mindset and healing and, and using sound and different types of meditation and things like that. Uh-huh. Um, how do you tackle? I mean, it seems like from day one when you started, you knew I'm gonna, you, you had the path. Like, I know this is how I'm going to push myself. I know what I need to do to be successful. And if I fail at that, that's fine. But I'm going to fucking bust my ass to get there. Mm-hmm. Along the way, you know, having, having fought as many times as you've had, have you introduced any types of breath work, visualization, fucking meditation, any type of practices that help you get in the zone or dial in what you're going to do in the fight? Yeah, I mean, I, I've experienced... Uh, uh, experimented a lot with uh you know mind coaches things like that visualization and again it's 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 it goes along the same lines as training and diet and all those things you, you just find what works for you what what does and what doesn't you know certain fights i i've done uh certain things and some i haven't you know when i when i feel like i need it or need a a different approach i might uh look into to things like that um 
you know, because so much of it, uh, most of it, 90% of it is, is all mental anyway, um, you know, really learning how to find what works for you, um, whether that is studying your opponent, visualizing, whether it is uh, going to the beach and clearing your head, and, and you know, every, everyone is, is, is different when it comes to that, and, and maybe every fight is different when it comes uh, to that too. So um, it's been a constant uh, growth and learning and a trial and error along with every other aspect of, of training and, and, and life in general is, is different things work at different times and, and what works today might not work tomorrow and what didn't work yesterday might work today. Um, so uh, yeah, just I think um, having an open mind and, and being willing to um, try out and experiment different things and, and different techniques, whether that's uh, mental or physical or, or diet, uh, um, I think will continue to allow you to grow and to advance to, to be the best version of you you can be. Yeah, the, I, I like to think of it as either resistance or receptivity. Uh -huh. And if, if someone is talking about something, you know, and, then, and it's, it's making you feel like, what the fuck is this guy talking about? <laughs> you're resistant to it, right? Without so you're, a doubt. You're, you're automatically, before ever trying it, you're saying no to it. Yeah. And if it sounds cool or it sounds like something you've done before, you're receptive to it. So mm -hmm. you're like, oh, yeah, I know that thing. That, that fucking works. Yeah, I like what they're talking about, right? Yeah. Because that goes back into something you already know. And a lot of things that we don't know, we're resistant to. Without a doubt. Right? Especially if it's weird or especially if it, it, it doesn't follow the idea you have of yourself. Mm -hmm. Right? But they're all, all these tools can fucking help us get better. All these yeah. tools can help us grow and learn. Yeah. I, I try to tell people, like, when it comes to fight training and stuff, I'm like, you should literally be able to learn from every person, whether it's their first day or their last day. Because sometimes what you need to learn is what not to do. And that person could be showing you something very wrong. But by seeing that weird wrong technique, you might be able to see where those openings are. Maybe you're going to face someone that throws that thing that was just so weird. Like you were so like like um, against working with this person. You know, fortunately for me coming up, that was something that was like drilled into us is like you need to have the ability um, uh, to train with everybody. Kids, women, children, grown men. The more you can do that, the more opportunities you have to learn and grow. The, the, the more people you can actually work with, you know, even if it's a baby, um, it, you have more training partners. And the more training partners you have, the better, because it's great if everyone you work with is the most amazing fighter ever, but, but not all of us have that opportunity. And, and we can truly learn from every single person that's on this earth, whether it's what to do or what not to do. You know, you can learn just as much about doing things wrong and not doing them, even if that's what that person's doing. Like, like that's what I don't ever want to do, but you're showing me how you do it and, and, and how I can avoid doing those things. Yeah, I just got back. You're, you're hitting a high note for me. I just got back from Spirit Ranch. It was a little retreat out in Sedona that Aubrey runs, and uh, we worked with a lady named Anahata, and uh, we had a conscious relationships workshop. <laughs> so for all the gentlemen listening right now, you know, my wife's there, and I'm like, Oh, great. We got fucking two hours of therapy where I'm going to fucking learn about my, how to talk to my wife better. <laughs> there was some resistance there, to say the least. Uh, yeah. But um, the whole thing was about my mom, my relationship with my mom. And the reason for that was she wanted us to ask, you know, ask ourselves, who was your greatest teacher? Who have you known the longest that's taught you the most? And then dive further than that. Who's taught you the most things? positively and the most things negatively the uh -huh. most things that you never want to do again the most things that you don't want to give to your children you know the things that you don't want to carry on in yourself right and it's it's usually i mean 99 times out of 100 that's going to be one parent or both right <laughs> because they showed you they gave you love or they didn't give you love they gave you tools that you could use that helped you in life uh -huh. and maybe they didn't give you some of those other things that your friends had Right. And I'm not talking about financially. I'm talking about, you know, skill sets, yeah. mindsets, things that you can take with you. And if those are absent, that's programming. That's shit that we got to fucking unwind and, and yeah. deal with later on in life. Otherwise, Somebody, somebody's got to fix it. Yeah, that's the baggage we carry with us, yeah. right? And, yeah. and uh, I think, you know, learning to see those things and hold it in gratitude and understand, like, yeah, be grateful for the fucking white belt you're training with. Be grateful <laughs> doubt. for all yeah. the shit that your parents did wrong because it teaches you what not to do with your own children moving forward. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, anything can be a 
tool that you use to grow if you use it correctly. Wins, losses, trials and errors. It's not just the 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 easy times. It's the hard times is what really makes you a stronger person. Not 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 when everything's working out. So as rough as it is, as hard as it is, when when things aren't going right, you have a better opportunity now to be a stronger, better person if you overcome it than you do on those victories. And, you know, again, that's, I think, what helped me out so much is overcoming all of the losses, all the limitations, all the, the hard days, all the times I wanted to quit, all the fractured skulls and, and, and uh, fights with the flu and all, all these things. Like, like overcoming that and, like, when, I'm, when I go into a fight when I'm healthy, it's like you almost crazy. feel weird. Like, like something's <laughs> wrong here. Yeah. Like, I need to be half dead when I go into my fights or else, I, like, I, I, don't, I don't have anything to overcome just to fight. Like, that's, that's nothing. Like, I need, like, something seriously wrong with me. Let's get a little extra. <laughs> I'm like, just hit me in the face with a shovel right now. Like, we'll be okay. <laughs> I swear I'll fight better. Like, all my best fights have been when I've been extremely ill, extremely injured, n- dropped in the fight or, or whatever. And, like, I'm like, how can I turn that on without horrible things happening, you know? But yeah. it's like when I have something to overcome, it's when, like, I, I really get geared up. I'm like, there's no backing out now. Now you really got to push it and, like, learning how to turn that on without those things is, is something I'm trying to figure out. Like, how do I do that without something horrible happening? Because I go back and watch all my, my fights throughout my career. I'm like, like the best fights I've ever had were like the worst situations going on, like a fractured skull or I took a flying knee to the face that almost killed me. And like, I just got up and overcame that and then and came back. Like, how do you, how do you turn that on without that, that trigger? And that's, I think, uh, the hard part. And that's all a mental thing. Yeah. yeah. There's more, more to learn always. More work to be done. Yeah. Or just get hit in the face really hard <laughs> like, before you wake walk me out up. there. We used to talk about Forrest Griffin. Yeah. yeah he needs yeah. to get hit a few times. Yeah. Then he knows he's in the fight. Really hard. Like, like drop him a couple times. <laughs> just do that on the way out, though, so it doesn't look Hope, so bad. Hopefully it's not a knockout. <laughs> well, shit, man. We're almost out of time here. But uh, you got a book you just wrote. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. It's a little book. It's, a, it's more of a journal. Um I'm actually going to do a series of books. Um, I've I've been writing about my career and my fights and, and things like that for o- over ten years now, and, and kept track of them all. and And I thought about putting a book out at one point, but but I started realizing I don't know if I'm ever going to be done to the point when I can actually put one book together. So I'm going to do a series of them um, on different fights and different things I might want to write about and. Uh, I really did this one just for fun. Like I, I didn't really expect nothing out of it. I kind of wanted to see the uh, the process of of getting a, a book printed up and published. And uh, you know, um, I had planned on just giving them all away. And I was like, oh, I'm just gonna do like 50. But I'm like, man, I, I literally have to give away like a hundred. I, I know way too many people, and I'm close to way too many people. So I was like, all right, well, the price from 50 books or 200 books is the same amount per book. Like, like you don't get a, a break, break until like 500. So I was like, all right, well, I'm going to buy 200. And, you know, if I have to have them sitting around for a couple of years till I give them all away, cool, whatever. So uh, I got them done and I, I put a post out like, uh, yeah, I got these books. And like in six hours, I had 200 people want them all. Now, now I would have got myself into, like, I didn't even think about that. Now, like, I think I have like 600 people on the waiting list for my book. And I'm like, I've got to do all this by myself, man. Like, this is hard. <laughs> I got to send them all out. I got to keep track of all these people. I got to keep track of their money. 90% of them are on Instagram, so they're not actual real names. So, like, trying to find them again is almost impossible. And then, like, finding their money on PayPal is not their real name either. So, I'm, like, trying to coordinate all these things and do all this myself and train for a fight. Um, but it's a great problem to have, you know, and it, yeah. it's really cool. And, well, um, if anybody's listening that knows how to fucking <laughs> help manage some of the, you know, navigate some of the water, yeah, take uh, some slack off un- your plate. Fortunately, my buddy in uh, San Diego, he he put up a, a website for me where people can just go put their email address down. And so I know I have this huge database of just as soon as I get books in, I can ship them out. So, um, so the book is all on my training to and fight uh, with Sanchai. Um, it's basically a journal about uh, that whole period of time in my life. And uh, you can go to thesoulassassin.com and uh, it's just a real simple thing. Put your email address in and uh, as soon as I'm 
ready <laughs> and i've gotten the rest of these hundreds sent out uh i'll send them out to you so uh if you're interested go and hit that up fuck yeah we'll link to that in the show notes and where can people find you online on social media everywhere uh my instagram is the soul assassin with the d-a soul assassin Duh, soul Duh. assassin Duh. uh so is my twitter um i think facebook is kevin the soul assassin i believe I'm pretty easy to find. You put my name in it, all that stuff pops up. So, Hell yeah, brother. Yeah, I appreciate uh, all the people that support me and, uh, you know, hit me up, letting me know that, that the things I do help them because that, that's really what uh, drives me to keep doing this and then gets me up days when I don't want to get up is, is, is the people that uh, I know um, are looking to me as, as the, the reason for them to get out of bed. You know, it's like, I better get out of bed. <laughs> I have these other people look at me, even if it's just one person, you know. So that, that's what keeps me pushing, and I appreciate everybody's support. Hell yeah, brother. Well, it's been excellent having you. Thank you for it's coming great out. To be here, man. We'll have to run it back with you after your next fight. Yeah, for sure. without a doubt, man. Awesome, brother. Thank, Thank you, you, Kevin. Thank you very much. Thank you guys for listening to the podcast with Kevin Ross. We are going to link a bunch of things in the show notes. So you can check out the OSU video as well as uh, links to Kevin's books and different things that he's got going on anywhere you can track him down online. Be sure to check out the show notes. Thanks again for listening. I want to talk to you guys about Power Food Active. We've got a brand new product out that's got hemp, cacao, and maca all rolled into one with debittered stevia and low-hand fruit extract. It's a phenomenal product that gives you a ton of superfoods that may not necessarily taste very good by themselves, but in this wonderful mix that we've made, it's quality in a shaker with water, and it's even better when you mix it with coffee or make it into one of our superfood smoothies. You can check the label for a number of different ways to supercharge your coffee or to make awesome smoothies utilizing one of our favorites here, Live and Let Dine, Liv Langdon, who's been a part of the Onnit family for some time, and we've got a whole host of awesome recipes the way that you can really dive into this power food active and make it beneficial in your life. All right, guys, you've got questions. I've got answers. Every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Central Time, I'm going to be on Onnit's main page on Facebook doing a Facebook Live Q&A. The Facebook Live Q&A runs for 30 minutes. If you can't make it at 6 p.m. Central Time, all you have to do is write in your questions, and I'll be sure to get those answered for you, either by writing it or talking about it on the Facebook Live, which you can check out at any point in time after the show airs. But be sure to tune in live if you can. We're going to get a lot of information rounded out, talking about the podcast, talking about different health topics, and I think you'll enjoy it.